I want to say welcome to all of us today as we come together on this first Sunday of Lent, as I said before Mass. I want to say welcome to all of our families uh, who are here to support our 33 men who are on the Acts retreats. It is a joy for us to be together. I also want to say welcome to any of you who are joining us uh, maybe for the first time today. If uh, it's the first Sunday of Lent right on the heels of Ash Wednesday and you went to Ash Wednesday and you said, hey, I, I need to start going back to church, I want to say welcome. Good to have you. Ash Wednesday was just a few days ago, and I woke up on Ash Wednesday, and I saw three kings waiting for me at 6 a.m., three pieces of king cake. I tend to fast on Ash Wednesday. I don't eat anything all day. I do that on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. And I woke up on Ash Wednesday, and they were waiting for me, right there on the counter. It wasn't just the king cake, though. It was the type of king cake. There was one piece of plain cinnamon king cake. And then there was the middle one, made with the finger of God himself. That blueberry cream cheese filling. You know that one, right? <laughs> Whew, Lord have mercy. That wasn't enough. Not only was there a piece of plain king cake, there was a blueberry cream cheese. Like all the Trinity got together and they breathed life and somebody made that pecan praline cream cheese. (laughs) So there it was right there on the counter. Somebody put three pieces of king cake as a gift to us in the rectory and I woke up on Ash Wednesday resolved to fast all day long and they were right there on the counter. I said no at 6 a.m. I drove to home. I had mass with my brother in his office and his crew. We gave ashes to them. I had a few stops along the way, jumped into confessional for three hours that morning, had mass at noon. And I was beginning to get hungry, but I was still focused and resolved. And I went back to the rectory and guess who was still in the rectory? (laughs) Three pieces of king cake. I said no at one o'clock in the afternoon and I went back into the confessional for three and a half more hours of confession, had 5.30 Mass, another hour of confession after Mass. After Mass, I had the opportunity to spend some time with some friends of mine, and I came back to the rectory, and it was late. I was tired, and I was hungry. Pulled up into the driveway of the rectory, and I could hear singing from inside the rectory. It was the three pieces of king cake. <laughs> I opened up the door, I walked inside the kitchen, and those three pieces of king cake were all together in great harmony, and they began to sing to me. Come back to me with all your heart. Don't let Lent keep us apart. Eat all three. Or one alone, it's okay, cause no one's home. <laughs> Long have I waited for your coming home to me, the king cake, tempting, cause I was tired. <laughs> Amen.
Well, it's a different kind of temptation late at night than it was early in the morning. Amen? Amen. We could talk about your favorite kind of king cake. I had a phenomenal homily planned today, but now the only thing that anybody's talking about after Mass is their favorite kind of king cake, right? Here I was, it was the same temptation at 6 a.m. as it was at 1 p.m. as it was at 10 p.m. However, it's not that the temptation was any different. What was different was me. I was different. The temptation, the three pieces of king cake, it was the same piece of king cake all day long, but at 10 p.m., I was different than I was at 6 a.m. I was tired and I was hungry. And it's important for us to take temptation seriously if we're going to be able to see the forest from the trees sometimes. We have to be able to understand that in our spiritual life, temptation's real. Every one of us struggles with temptation. Amen? It's not going away in our, in our lives, right? So what you, the temptations you're struggling with are very different than the person on the side of you. And hopefully the temptations that you're struggling with at this stage of life are different than the temptations that you used to struggle with. But every one of us in church today has one thing in common. We all are tempted. And sometimes spiritual maturity is not simply understanding the temptation. Sometimes spiritual maturity is understanding the circumstances with which we are most vulnerable to temptation. And that's what we see in the gospel today. We're in the gospel of of Matthew chapter 3. And what we see in the gospel unfolding is, is Jesus is tempted by the enemy, right? But I want us to take note that when Jesus is tempted, not just how he's tempted... Jesus has been in the desert for 40 days and for 40 nights. And we can talk about how a person can do that later on. But just know that the Bible says that Jesus was hungry. And the enemy knows that. The enemy knows his physical condition. The enemy knows that Jesus is vulnerable to the temptation. He's tired. He's hungry. And that's where the enemy comes to him. So sometimes uh, the the wisdom of knowing uh, what to say against temptation begins when we just have self-awareness of where we are in the temptation. And I want to lift up three things for us to consider today as we take seriously a sober conversation about the reality of temptation on this first Sunday of Lent. Three times in our life where we can expect an extra vulnerability to temptation. Three moments in your life where I'm telling you right now, you're going to be tempted. Three times where we are vulnerable to temptation. When we're tired, when we're struggling, and when we're on fire. It's coming. Three times in your life, I can promise you temptation's coming. When we're tired when we're struggling and actually immediately on the heels of a mountaintop moment. Jesus was tired in the gospel. I was tired on Wednesday night at 10 p.m. And when we are tired, we are more vulnerable to temptation. Amen? We can be tired of waiting on God. Sometimes you, you ask God for miracles, and it just seems like God's not coming through. You can pray for your husband, you can pray for your wife, you can pray for your kids, you can pray for a miracle in health, you can pray for your finances. Whenever we're asking God for miracles and it doesn't happen when or how we want, we can be tempted in the the fatigue of it all. We just get tired of waiting. 
And when you're tired of waiting on God, you're vulnerable to the whispers that come inside the fatigue. Or some of us just are tired because life is tiring. The pace with which we live our lives can sometimes be conducive to actually creating fatigue. And I'm not just talking about the seasons where life is busy. Uh, some of us, we're just busy. We're in a season where you're raising kids or you're caring for, for, for people who you didn't expect to care for. But sometimes you go through seasons in life where just the demands of life are, are, are such that we're tired. When we are fatigued, when we are tired, we are susceptible, we are vulnerable to temptation. It's coming, a promise. Number two, when we're struggling. We can struggle, again, inside our marriages. We can struggle inside our house. We can struggle at work. You can struggle at this stage of life. You can struggle with your health. You can struggle with the stuff on the inside. You can struggle with stuff on the outside. You can struggle with the church. You can struggle with what's happening in the church. You can struggle with where you are in life or where you aren't in life. There's lots of reasons why we might struggle. But here's the reality that we know. Life is not fair. And bad things happen to good people. And sometimes life doesn't turn out the way you want. And when life throws you a curveball and we're struggling either on the inside or on the outside, we are vulnerable to temptation. It's important for us to know when we're struggling so that we can be prepared for the whispers of the enemy. And when we're struggling, here comes the other thing that jumps on top of that is fatigue. Because when we're struggling, we can struggle physically or relationally or spiritually. Right? It just seems like in the struggle, especially if the struggle is elongated or it's taken a while, it can affect us. And so then what happens is you have two things popping up. You have the fatigue because of the struggle and the circumstances of life which aren't changing even though you want them to change. And when you have that, we are extra vulnerable to temptation. The reason that's important for us to, to acknowledge is because where you are kind of points to what you need God. And sometimes when you're struggling, either because of fatigue or because of life, it's difficult for us to turn to God for help because we just can't see him with us in the midst of it all. Notice the temptation from the enemy in the gospel, right? Before he tempts Jesus with all the kingdoms of the earth or before he tempts Jesus with the stones that can become bread, notice the whisper of the enemy, right? If you are the son of God, is what I've learned about my life in temptation. The whisper of doubt usually precedes the offer of temptation. Let me say that again. The whisper of doubt usually precedes the, 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 the allurement of temptation. And we get so thrown off by the whisper that we just look at what we're enticed with. So when you're tired, the whisper is, you're alone by yourself. When you're struggling in life, right, what's the whisper? The whisper is, you're alone. There's always a temptation that hits before the temptation. And it's usually the one over here that we believe that, that disposes us or compromises us to the actual sin. 
But Matthew has the, the temptation in the desert immediately after the baptism in the Jordan. What happened in the gospel today and the gospel of Matthew is immediately right after the baptism of the Lord. Jesus has just had this powerful moment where he's baptized by John and the voice of the Father just showers and bathes his heart as the Son of God. And immediately after that mountaintop moment, Jesus is tempted. Because on the heels of every mountaintop moment in life, there is going to be temptation. You may be tempted to doubt that it was real. You may be tempted to expect that life back home is automatically going to be better because of what happened to you. You may be tempted to believe that all of your faults and failings were erased at Lumen Christi, and when you get back home, your lifestyle is going to automatically change. All of those are temptations. Temptations coming. I don't say that today to kind of rob the joy. I say that to you to actually preserve the person who gave you the joys access to your heart. I've heard lots of people as I have directed retreats in my own life, whether they be at Lumen Christi or or private director retreats, and and often people say, I want to keep the retreat going. And what I usually tell men or women who have had mountaintop moments with the Lord, that there's no secret to the retreat. Three things happened on the retreat. Number one, you walked in with a desire for God. Number two, God had a desire for you. And number three, the retreat was a favorable environment for those two desires to come together. One more time. Three things happened at Lumen Christi this weekend. You walked in desiring God. Number two, God brought you there longing for you. And what happened on the weekend was there was a favorable environment to keep those two things together. Now, when you walk out of here, you're going to long for God. That's not changing. When you walk out of here, God is going to long for you. That's not changing. So the first two things aren't changing. The key at this stage of life is not to try to keep the retreat going. Because you're not going back home to Lumen Christian. You go back home. The key is to create a favorable environment so that God can continue to bless you. The favorable environment of prayer, the favorable environment of staying in contact with your brothers, the favorable environment of of reading the scriptures, right? All those anacronyms of ACTS uh, that you learned about this weekend, that's the favorable environment. And if you keep focused on that and you keep longing for God, God keeps longing for you, then, then things will sustain themselves in a different way. But be prepared for temptation. And here they're going to come in three ways. I'm telling you right now, number one, you're going to come back. And at some point, you're going to be tempted because you think you have to come back to the real world. So here's my question to you. What's more real, your job or him? What's more real, the power and presence of God who knew everything about you and said things to you this weekend that you never thought were possible? Or the voice of the common person that you're going to see either at work tomorrow or at your home tonight. See, the temptation is for us to think that that's real and that this is not. Well, here's the truth. This is real. And this is incarnational. This is earth. It's also real. They're both real. 
But to pit this world against that world would actually is the heart of the temptation. You have been in the real world all weekend. So when that temptation comes, know that it's the voice of the liar and reject it immediately. Amen? All right, number two. I'm telling you right now. People are not going to meet your expectations. Your family wasn't at Lumen Christi this weekend. The people that you work with, they weren't at Lumen Christi this weekend. And sometimes what happens is we come out of a retreat like this, and we have these expectations of life is going to be this. Well, guess what? Life is going to be real. Because this weekend, he was walking with you. And when you go home today, he's going to walk with you. And when you go to work tomorrow, he's going to walk with you. And when you raise your kids, he's going to be with you. See, at every moment, he is going to be with you along the journey. The expectation is not about other people's behavior. The expectation is about his behavior. And you can expect him to be right on the side with you every step of the way. Amen? But be prepared for the temptation to expect other people to change. And you might, I don't know, still have a weakness inside your heart at the end of the weekend. You might have a, a propensity or a, a, a craving for the, the way that you used to live. Right? So you're, you're, you're still in some way the vessel that walked into Lumen Christi. You're going to be tempted the first time you struggle. You're going to be tempted to believe, oh, well, nothing happened. That's a lie. Something happened this weekend. Your life was changed. Amen. Truth was spoken to you. Amen. Amen. You found brothers who are on the side of you. Amen. Amen. You heard the voice of God speak to you. Amen. Amen. All right. So if you find yourself in ordinary life tomorrow, two weeks, a month from now, and you find yourself maybe thinking the way you used to think or acting the way you used to think, there's going to be a temptation that says, you see, that was all a lie. And that's a lie. On the heels of every mountaintop moment, there's always a battle. And I want you to be prepared for the battle. Amen? We're all tempted. But notice what happens in temptation today. Jesus turns to the Father. Whenever you and I are tempted, it's not about what we're facing in the temptation. It's about where we're going with the temptation. One more time. It's not about what we're facing in the temptation. It's about where are we going with the temptation. And here's my encouragement for us right now just for the rest of Mass. Can you take the fatigue and bring it to the altar today? Can you take the struggle and bring it to the altar today? Can you take the expectations of what life is going to be like now that you're back from Acts, and can you bring it to the altar today? You see, this is where we place temptation, because this is where he conquers temptation once and for all. The rest of Mass, let's bring him our hearts Let's bring him everything in our hearts, our temptation, our fatigue, our struggle, our desires, so that the God can be with us even in the midst of temptation. Amen.